I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use an illustration that's really trite. Okay? But I do think it makes a point. I'm not very good mechanically, but I can't get this, uh, can't get this lamp to work. Anybody help me out with this? Oh, well, I do have an extension cord here. <clears throat> Maybe that'll help. Here we go. Get it plugged in. I'm sorry? Well, I don't understand. You mean I've got to plug this in? A power source. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Well, don't you think maybe our prayer lives are the same way? I mean, we, we pray a lot. And um, sometimes we're not plugged in. We want to let God know what we want, but do we know what God wants? Do we? Are we listening? Now, I want to kind of give you a preview here. I'm going to talk about prayer, particularly as the beginning of school, but we're going to come back and revisit prayer on the first Sunday in November as a part of who we are as disciples of Jesus Christ. And then after the first of the year, in February, I'm going to do a whole series on the Lord's Prayer, uh, those four Sundays. And in the meantime, during, uh, while we're doing Bring a Friend for the Kids, I'm going to do a six-week study on the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes are really about how we get connected to Jesus. So, kind of see this as an introduction this morning. See this as an introduction as we take a look at the example of the disciples and the power that Jesus offers us through prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. May these words be your words, and for the words that I do not speak, may you speak somehow with them in our spirits this day. Lord, uh, hide me behind the cross, that you would be seen and not me. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Very simply, prayer is the starting place for our life in Jesus Christ. It clarifies it refines, it strengthens, it gives power, wisdom, and direction. But we must get plugged in. We must get plugged in. Just to simply recite what we want before God without receiving is like me trying to turn on a lamp without plugging it into the wall. And this morning, as we anticipate the beginning of school, I want to focus on the power of prayer that you might, over the next several days, whether you have children or not, when you see a child, say a prayer for that child. 
And when you do, listen to hear what God may be calling you to do in some child's life. Listen. In Acts 1, and we're going to back up a little bit from what Chiv read for you. In Acts 1, verse 8, it says these words. It says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. You will receive power. You see, um, the disciples returned to that upper room with the promise of power. They, uh, they had seen the resurrection. They had seen the miracles. They were just beginning to understand that Jesus was far more than just a, uh, uh, a new king for Jerusalem. That he was the savior of the world. That he was a king for all. And that his kingdom was not a temporal kingdom, but that which would be for every generation to come. E. Stanley Jones says this about our relationship with God. He says, yourself in the hands is a problem and a pain. Yourself in your own hands is a problem and a pain. Anybody resonate with that? Yourself in the hands of God is a possibility and a power. Several years ago, the great Mother Teresa was in England, in London, meeting with several philanthropists there, trying to raise money for an orphanage in India. It was her dream. And she was just about to get up and speak, and one of the leaders of the organization said to her, you know, uh, uh, Sister Teresa... I'm just wondering, uh, I, I know that you're here to raise money for your orphanage, but how much do you have? How much have you raised already? And she said, five shillings. And he laughed and he said, five shillings? And some of his buddies around him heard it, and they said, five shillings? You can't even buy lunch for five shillings. I said, Sister Teresa, you're just dreaming. There is no way. And this is what she said. She said, with five shillings, Teresa can do nothing. With five shillings and God, Teresa can do anything. That evening, she raised every penny she needed to build the orphanage in India. Power. Back to the disciples. The passage that was read for you, and I want to focus on these words. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, and then it says, together with certain women, blah, blah, blah. Okay. That word translated together, it also is translated in one accord. In the book of Acts, 20-something times, together, unity, one accord, some kind of mention of, of the unity of the disciples or the followers of Jesus in their efforts is mentioned in Acts. It is one of the primary themes of the book of Acts. 
as those early disciples worked together to call on God to empower them. And they practiced, and they practiced, and they practiced. The power of prayer is built on continuous practice as we pray together. Now, I've heard people say on occasion, well, I prayed. I prayed. And I believe God hears our individual prayers. Don't misunderstand me. I'm I'm not saying God doesn't hear our individual prayers. But as Jesus said, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there with him. And what Jesus is referring to in that passage and what he is saying is that there is power when we join together and we pray. And we pray. And notice also that the disciples did not wait to pray. They started before the Holy Spirit came. Prayer cannot be built on a moment notice. Now, once again, I believe that God hears our desperate prayers. God hears those those prayers in desperate moments. Like the guy hanging uh, by the branch. He's fallen off the cliff. And, and he's praying, you know, God, I haven't really said very many prayers in my life, and I haven't really called a church, but, but if you're up there, please save me. And God answered his prayer. Heard this loud voice that said, George, let go of the branch. And, of course, George said, is there anybody else up there? <laughs> God hears our prayers But when we pray in one accord, our prayers are multiplied. And we see it again and again in the book of Acts as the the disciples go from 120 in the upper room to 3,000 at Pentecost. And then what, what we know about the early church is that by the end of the second century... Well, excuse me, by by the time that Constantine legalized Christianity, there were a million followers. Now, we're talking about a population that's not near what we face today. Power. Power built on practice. In families, in churches, in daily events. Prayer is the practice of becoming familiar with the hand of God. It is the practice of listening to what God has to say of us, to us in our most desperate moments. Prayer is the practice of surrendering to God in all things, even when it's not what we desire. My father, when I was a kid, and I can remember, because this is one of his mantras, and you'll probably hear me say this again and again, because it's the way I live my life. I was very disappointed. I can't remember what happened. And I was, I was literally, as a 17-year-old, weeping in my bedroom, because 
of what had happened. And my father came in and he said to me, son, let me give you a perspective. When you work hard, when you pray diligently, when you seek God's will, and things don't work out as you want, God has a better plan. Amen? And I've seen it happen in my life over and over again. I've seen failure. I've seen disappointment. I have, I have screamed at God only to know that God had something more glorious than I could ever imagine for myself. Back to verse 8 of, of Acts. For this is the promise that Jesus makes to them, that you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Prayer is active. Always is, always will be. They gathered in the upper room and they knew they were being prepared for a great work. But the prayers that they prayed were not empty, nor were they selfish. I mean, I think it's okay for us to pray for our own lives, uh, to pray for deliverance, particularly from those spirits that drag us down and try to convince us that we are less than what God has made us to be. But finally, the great prayers of the church and the church's people are those prayers that drive us out those doors to be servants in Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. It is active. When I go into staff meetings, I, I, I try to say, you know, we're going to be strategic, and we're not just going to make reports here, but we're going to leave with an action point, at least one action that we're going to come back with. That's the way prayer is. That's the way prayer should be. When we pray, we should, when we say amen, we're not just saying, so be what I have prayed. But we are leaving that prayer with an action of what God is calling us to be. And here's what I believe. That God will be faithful to the prayers that we lift up before him. I truly believe that. Now think about it for a moment. Now this is a praying church. More so than any church I have ever served. This is a praying church. This is a powerful church. But friends, maybe it's time to up our game. <laughs> and to take what we know and what we practice and take it to the next level. To see what God can do. Because God can take all things, our worst things, and use them for his glory. God took the cross, the crucifixion of Jesus, an ugly, horrible death, execution, and has made it into the most beautiful symbol that the world has ever seen. A symbol of salvation, power, and hope. And I don't know where you are right now in your life and what you're struggling with. I know we're all struggling with something. I don't care what people say about particular families. There is no perfect family. And there are always problems behind every door. Whatever you're dealing with, 
It's not too big for God. It is not too big for God. One of my favorite stories is about the great pianist Ignacy Juan Paderowski. Now, he was a child prodigy. He actually began to do concerts when he was 20 years old. Um, and uh, amazingly enough, he was a political advocate. He, after World War I, he became prime minister of Poland and one of the primary, uh, one of the primary workers with uh, President uh, Woodrow Wilson uh, to, bring, uh, to bring peace and, and the, uh, the first unity of nations in Europe. He went back to his concert work in 1921 when he left the political life. And a story is told, and there's questions about whether or not this story is true. But knowing how Paderowski used his wealth uh, constantly to help children, to help orphanages, to create schools in underprivileged areas in Poland, and when he moved to the United States here, I can't help but believe that there's some truth in it. I found this as kind of a dramatization of what happened with Paderowski and a little boy one night at a concert. Where's Tommy? I thought he was with you. No. Jack. Tommy? As we stumble along, bumbling, making mistakes. The early church made all kinds of mistakes. We know that from the book of Acts. They argued, they fought, they worked through issues. As church, as family, in our jobs, at school, the master reaches down to harmonize and improvise our efforts, as simple as they may be, twinkle, twinkle, little star, becoming a great song, a church with a dream of reaching into every neighborhood in, in, in Carrollton, a church with people coming in hungry for the name of Jesus, and Jesus can use our efforts no matter how insignificant or simple, simple that they may be, and build them into a great concert. We're going to sing here in a moment, and, and then I'm going to make an invitation for church membership. But as we sing this first part of the song, I, I invite you to dedicate yourself to pray this week and to listen in your prayers, not just to let God know what you want, 
but to hear what God wants, to let the Spirit of God wash over you. Get plugged in to the power of God today. Raise your hand, have your hands down. I don't care what you do, but say these words, Lord, fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Help me to practice, practice, practice. Help me to listen, listen, listen. Help me to follow, to follow. And let us, friends, as a church, let Jesus create the greatest concert that can, we could ever imagine. Thanks be to God.